Hey everybody, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the Gwinnett Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, we would love it if you would take just a moment to download the Gwinnett Church app where you can have access to all of our recent message content as well as find out about what's going on around here at Gwinnett Church. And the app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. Most importantly, however, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. There are, uh, there are certain things that my mom said growing up that have always stuck with me that I'll never forget. Anybody else's mom have some momisms that you'll never forget? Yeah? Okay, you guys are better. At 9.15, they all just looked at me and I was like, okay, well, I guess your moms didn't talk to you. So, uh, yeah, my mom loved me. And, um, and so there were some, just some things that, uh, that my mom would say uh, growing up that I'll just... I, I'll, I'll always remember it. She said them so much. Um, I can remember, you know, anytime she would drop me off somewhere or, um, or I would leave the house or go over to a friend's house or I would get in my car and go somewhere. She still does it to this day. But like, even when she would tuck me in at night, she would say, dame un besito, mi amor. And I was like, okay, it means give me a little kiss. And, um, and so she would always say that. She would repeat that all the time. Um, but there was one that I remember that, um, that has stuck with me all these years. Um, 37, and I can uh, I will never forget. And it was in reference to, uh, typically, it was in reference to the the music that I was listening to, or the things that I was watching on TV, uh, or the the games that I was playing. And she would say this to my brother and I, really just more to me. And um, my brother was a good kid, and so, but she would she would say this this phrase to me when she would hear me listening to music that um, that she didn't like the lyrics of, or when she would watch me or see me watching something that I had no business watching or, or that she thought was too violent or too awful or, um, too explicit or a game that I was playing. And uh, she would, she would see it and she would say this phrase, she would go, giggo, giggo, read. And you're like, giggo. She would go garbage in garbage out. (laughs) Giggo. She'd hear the music bumping. I'd pull into the driveway. Music's playing. She'd hear me pulling up and, and she'd hear the lyrics and I would walk in the house and she would go, giggo, young man, giggo. <laughs> Sometimes she would get in my truck and move my truck, you know what I mean? And uh, like just to get it out of the way so she could get her car out and uh, whatever CD I had uh, at the time. And, um, and CDs were these things that had music. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like so... So whatever CD I had at the time that would be in the, the truck, she'd hear it. She'd walk back in the house and she would go, giggo, read more, giggo. You know what I mean? Like, or she'd come down and, and we'd be watching something or playing a video game and she would see it and she would, she would go, oh my gosh, that is, that is giggo. Look at all that blood, oh, giggo, you know? And, and she would go garbage in, garbage out. Now, um, I, I didn't realize this at the time when she was saying it, um, that, that this is actually, it's, it's actually a computer term, uh, and it's talking about inputs and outputs. And it's like, you will never have, uh, correct outputs if you have bad inputs. And so it's garbage in, 
garbage out. My mom uh, did not know. I, I said this at the, at the first service. I actually said, I don't think my mom knew. And then she texted me because she was watching online. She goes, I did not in fact know that that had anything to do with computers. Uh, she still has to call me to figure out how to like turn things on and like, like, she's like, help. And I'm like, I can't see what you're looking at. And so, um, but, but so she did not know that it was a computer term at the time when she was talking about it in our lives. Uh, my mom, most of my life growing up, uh, she was an aerobics instructor. She did the old Zumba. And so, um, and so, yeah, look at that. She's like, yeah, I get it. And so, um, and so yeah, my mom, my mom taught Zumba. And so she thought about this phrase in terms, a lot of times of diet and exercise. And so the way that she would explain it to us, she would go, Hey, Gigo, garbage in garbage out. And she would, she would tell me in, uh, you know, she's talking to a high school boy that was playing sports at the time. She'd go read just like you can't get six pack abs eating junk food all the time. She said, the same thing is true in your mental health. She said, the same thing is true in your mind. She said, you cannot have a healthy mind if you're constantly filling it with junk. And, uh, and I didn't want to hear it at the time. Uh, I, I didn't want to hear that at the time. I, I, I was like, yeah, whatever. You don't even know. Like it's not affecting me. But what my mom knew at the time that I didn't want to acknowledge is that the stuff that we put in always eventually comes out. What she knew at the time was that, hey, those lyrics, what she was saying to me at the time was, hey, those lyrics that you are listening to, like in that language that you're inputting all the time, she's like, it's going to get in there. And eventually in one form or another, in one place or another, at one time or another, it's going to come out of your mouth, that stuff that you're putting in your mind. And what she would say to me all the time is read, like, I know the beat's good. You know, like I know, I know it, 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 the beat sounds good. She's like, but the ideas that they're talking about. And she was saying, hey, for me as a high school guy, I get emotional now because I have a daughter. But um, she was like, the way they talk about women in the music you listen to. She goes, that's going to get in your mind. And it's going to shape your perspective. And it's going to affect the way you think about women and the way you treat women and the way you talk about women. And sadly, you guys, as a high schooler, it did. And I'm ashamed to say that. But I didn't want to hear it at the time. I didn't want to hear that at the time. But now, you guys, what I've come to realize is how right my mom was, right? That a healthy mind, you cannot have a healthy mindset if you're constantly filling it with junk. You cannot have a renewed mind if you're constantly filling it with the same old stuff. You cannot have a mind that is set on the spirit if you're constantly fixated and focused on things of the flesh. And so, right, in the words of my mom, Gigo, garbage in, garbage out. What you put in will always eventually come out. We've been in a series and we're talking about the power of our thought life. We're talking about the power that our thoughts have uh, to shape our decisions and ultimately determine the direction that our life goes. The, the, the power that our thoughts have to shape who we're becoming and the things that we're doing. And, and in this series, we've been talking about uh, how if we want to have a transformed life, then it begins with a renewed mind. If we want to change the way that we live, then it starts with changing 
the way that we think. We've been learning in this series how to renew our minds in Christ. And last week, Brooklyn did a great job of talking about how to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And today, as we close out our series, what I'd love for us to talk about, we're going to talk about what are the things that you're filling your mind with? Because what goes in will always eventually come out. Giggo. So, in order to guide our conversation this morning, we're going to take a look at something that, uh, that Solomon wrote in the Proverbs. Proverbs is a collection of wisdom, uh, sayings, teachings, things that Solomon collected over uh, the course of his life, uh, things that he learned over the course of his life, and then he would pass on to his own kids. And so he wrote all these things down. And in uh, the book of Proverbs, there is a saying that we're going to use. It is a simple truth uh, in order to help us in this area of what we're filling our minds with. It is this simple truth. And I know it's simple and it's going to be very practical. um, But I just want to remind us this morning that simple things can still be significant. And that while you may have heard this, or you may have thought this before, or you may have been taught this somewhere along the way, um, that the power is in applying this truth, that unapplied truth is like unapplied paint, doesn't do the room a whole lot of good. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you. I know if you've heard it before, or maybe it seems just too simple or too practical to even be spiritual. I just want you to, to, to lean in for a minute here and, and, and receive what God might have for you this morning. So this is what Solomon says. He says, he says, above all else, like as if like, hey, if you don't remember anything else, that I'm saying. That's what he's like, like of most importance. Like if you forget everything else that I say, like, I want to make sure that you don't miss this, like, don't miss it. This is really important. When the wisest man in the world tells you that this is really important, you should probably pay attention. Right. And so he says above all else. So of utmost importance, he says, guard your heart. Some of you are thinking heart. I thought we were talking about our minds. And us as modern people, we tend to uh, draw a distinction between heart and mind. And we think of our heart as the center of our emotions and feelings and the mind as the center of our logic and intellect. Um, but for uh, Solomon and many of the ancient writers um, who put together the Bible, uh, for these people, you guys, when they referred to heart, they're referring to the heart as the center of who you are. And so when he refers to your heart, he is talking about, yes, the place of your feelings and your emotions and your passions, but he also is talking about your thoughts and your intellect, your mind. And so when he says your heart, he's talking about your heart and mind in there. And so he's saying in here, he says, above all else of utmost importance, if I could leave you with one thing, if you could get one thing, there's something really, really important that I want you to get. And he says that the thing that is of utmost importance is that you learn to guard your heart. To guard your heart. When he says guard your heart, the imagery there of guarding your heart is uh, like, you know, at the time for him, he lived in a walled city um, and there would be gates and at the gates they would post a guard and the guard's job was um, to, to make sure that uh, they regulated what, 
who came in and who went out and what was let in and what was let out. And so the guard would be there uh, to keep out the wrong people and the wrong things and to let in the right people and the right things. That's the image, right? And I was thinking about it for me um, because I don't live in a walled city or a castle. Um, uh, I, I was thinking about for me, the image that kept popping to mind when I was thinking about guarding uh, my heart are guarding like the doors of my heart and my mind. Uh, the image that kept popping up for me was um, when I was a kid, uh, I, would, I would get so excited when I would get home from school and I would, you know, run in my house, throw my backpack off. My mom was like, do you have any homework? And I was like, what's that? You know, like, and, and so I would run in the house, throw my backpack down and, and run right back outside because I got to go play with my friends. And inevitably, as I'm running back outside to go and play with my friends, because I'm like, I got to ride this bike. I got to see these people. I haven't seen them in eight seconds. And so I got to go see them. I got to get outside. I'm in a rush, right? Like, and so I would be running outside. And inevitably, what would I forget to do? I would forget to close the, yeah, the door. Yeah, so some of you have kids, right? And as I would be running outside, I'd leave the door wide open and my parents, I can still hear them to this day. My parents would yell, close the door, right? My mom or my dad would be yelling. I could specifically remember my dad like being like, we're not paying to air condition the neighborhood, you know, like you're letting all the cold out. My dad sounded like macho man, Randy Savage, right? Like. Oh yeah. Like I can remember my dad, right? Like yelling, like those types of things. You're letting the cold out or night or, or what do you think we live in a barn? Right. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Right. I can remember him yelling that or because we lived in the South, they would yell things like you are letting in all, all the bugs. You're going to let flies and mosquitoes all in this house. You better get back here and close that door. I can remember my parents yelling that out. And y'all now, like, you know what's so funny is I used to be like, oh, I can't just do it. I gotta go play, you know? I can remember that. And now you guys, as a parent and a homeowner, now I get it. And I'm like, you better shut the door. You know what I mean? Like, because when you're paying the bills, everything's different, right? Like, it's all serious now, right? Like, and uh, I, I'm actually way, I'm even more petty than my parents were. The other day, my kids just went out the door. They went down the street and I, instead of just closing the door, you know what I mean? Like I should like, and then talking to them about it afterwards, like, Hey guys, we don't do that. I w- this is how petty I was. I left the door open, walked down the street, down to the cul-de-sac where they were and made them walk back up all the while the doors open, right? Like I left the door open longer to make a point, right? Like I let the bugs in and air condition the outside in order to make a point to my kids. I told them, no, you're going to come back up here. I'm not doing that, right? Like, I don't know if you know who I am, but I am so important. I'm not closing the door. So I was like, you need to get back up here and close the door, right? Like uh, and, but the image there, the reason why I share that is right. Like as, as homeowners or as parents, right. I can remember my parents were diligent about the doors. And this is the image that Solomon is giving us when he says, guard your heart. He's like, you need to be diligent and intentional about what gets in and what you keep out. He's like, like a, like a homeowner or a parent that is diligent about their doors. He's like, you need to be diligent and intentional about what you keep out and what you let in. 
That's the image that he's giving us. He's like, you need to be like that when it comes to what's going on in your heart. And I was thinking about it as I was preparing this week. And I was like, man, what if, what if we were as diligent and intentional about what we let into our minds as we were about what we let into our homes? There are a lot of us in here and um, we ask people to take their shoes off before they come into our house because we don't want the dirt. And, and I was thinking about, I'm like, what if we were as intentional, proactive, diligent about what we let into our minds as we were about what we let into our homes? Wouldn't that be something? And, and so uh, Solomon says, hey, if you're, if you're gonna guard your heart, he says that requires you to watch and keep some things out. And so for us, I wanted to ask you this question this morning, maybe dig a little bit, get you to ask this of yourself. Are, are there some doors that are open and you're just letting just anything in? Like, are you currently, are there some doors that are open in your life and you're letting the flies in? The mosquitoes in? You're letting your peace out? Are there some doors in your life where you are letting the very things in that are wreaking havoc in your mind? I'll take it out of the metaphorical and let's just talk. Like, like, like how about your social media consumption? Is that a wide open door for you? Where anything can just come in because of what and how often and how much you consume? And you are letting in the very things that are causing havoc in your head? What about your social media consumption? What about, what about your news consumption? And I do that because not all of it is news, but it's just like clickbait. But you're obsessing over it. And, and you're constantly consuming it so much and you are letting in the very things that are stirring up the worry and the fear and the anxiety because it is a wide open door? What about, what about the, the things that you're watching with the things that you watch, the shows that you watch, the YouTube videos, the things that you're looking at on your computer? or on your phone late at night? Is it a wide open door? Are you letting in some things that you ought not be letting in? Some garbage? What about the voices that you consistently listen to? I'm talking about like the people in your life or the podcasts that you're listening to or the talking heads that you consistently listen to or the conversations that you consistently put yourself in. Are they riddled with gossip and criticism and judgment and comparison? Are you letting in the very things that are contributing to your lack of peace, to your lack of joy, to your fear, to your worry? Do you have some wide open doors that need to be shut? If we're going to guard our hearts and our minds, 
if we're going to have a healthy thought life, then what some of us need to do this week is we need to do a little bit of inventory and we need to shut some doors. We need to set some boundaries. We need to put some disciplines into practice. We need to set some limits on some things. There are some of you in here and you have time limits for the screen time that your kids can have. But what you need to do this week is you need to turn the timer on yourself. Because your screen time has been a wide open door. And what you're letting in is crushing you. And so for for some of us, what we need to do, if we want to have a healthy mindset and we want to experience a renewed mind so we can experience a transformed life, for some of us, what we need to do this week is we need to get diligent and we need to get disciplined about shutting some doors because you've left some wide open and you are letting in the bugs and you are letting in the worry and you are letting in the fear and you are letting in the anxiety and you are letting in the doubt and you are letting these things in your mind and now they're buzzing around in your head. And you let them there and you let them in. And so we need to shut some doors this week. You need to shut some doors. Some of you need to do it today. We need to set up some boundaries. We need to set up some disciplines. We need to shut some doors so that we keep out some of these things that are wreaking havoc in our minds. If we want to have a healthy mindset, it starts with keeping some things out, but being a good guard for your heart and your mind, right? It's not just about what you keep out but it's also about what you let in, right? It's not just about keeping out the bad things, right? Like being a good guard for your heart. It's not just about keeping out bad things, but it's also about letting in the good things. And so what are, what are some of those good things that we need to let in and how do we open the door to those things? I wanna show you uh, what the Apostle Paul, we've been talking a lot about the Apostle Paul and, um, and, and been looking at his teachings throughout this series. If you show up here at church, we're gonna talk a lot about him. The Apostle Paul was a first century believer in Jesus, one of the most influential Christians um, in all of history. He wrote much of what we call the New Testament of the Bible in the form of letters that he would write to churches that he helped start. And in one of his letters, uh, he's talking uh, from a jail sell to a church that he helped start and they were concerned about him and he writes to them and it's crazy that it's in the book of Philippians and in that book, right? He writes and he talks so much about joy and about having peace and having contentment, no matter what life throws at him. And he begins to unpack that towards the end of his letter. He begins to tell them how he's able to guard his peace in the midst of situations that don't feel so peaceful. And, and so he begins to give them uh, some helpful practices. And as a part of that conversation, he shows them some things that they ought to fill their minds with, that they ought to open the door and let into their lives. And so I want to show you uh, what that list is, some of the things that he says we ought to, and how we can open the door and let those things into our lives. Because again, it's not just about keeping out the bad stuff. It's not just about keeping out the negative stuff. It's also about inputting that which is good and that which is godly, right? And so this is what Paul says. He says, this is in Philippians chapter four. Uh, He says, finally, and when he says finally, it's because he's completing uh, a full thought. Uh, Before he says this, he talks about, um, he talks about 
kicking out some negativity through prayer. And uh, we talked a lot about that in the last two weeks of this series about how we can take captive thoughts and remove them. Brooklyn talked about it last week. Um, If you want to go listen to that message or if you just want to read the full part of this passage, um, you can do that. Uh, it's, it's really, really great. Um, but then he's completing the thought and he's going to talk to us about what we should put in, what we ought to, uh, open the door to what we ought to fill our minds with. And so as he's completing this thought, so he says, finally, brothers and sisters, he says, whatever is true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything's excellent, or praiseworthy. He says, think about such things. So the apostle Paul recognizes as he's just talked before that passage about booting some things out, like some things that don't belong. He he recognizes that if we're going to guard our peace of mind, if we're going to guard our mindsets, if we're going to have a healthy mind, it's about partially about what we keep out, but it's also about what we let in. And he says, here's some things that you ought to open the door to. Here are some things that you ought to fill your mind with. If you want a healthy mindset, if you want to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, here are some things that you should open the door to and let into your heart and your mind in order to experience peace and transformation. And so he says, he says the things that, that we should let in, things that are true, truth about who God is, truth about what God thinks about us, truth about God's promises. And that truth, we can find that in scripture. And so he's talking about scripture. He's like, we should, we should, we should let that in. He says, things that are noble, things that are right, things that are pure, good things, things that are lovely and admirable. He says, things that are excellent and praiseworthy, things that are good, that we're grateful for, things that get our attention onto uh, what's good and what's godly in our lives, things that help shift our focus onto who God is and what God is doing and his promises. He says, says, we ought to open the door and let those things in and fill our minds with those types of things. Um, When we were in the middle of uh, COVID, um, I found myself getting just low. And, uh, and my friend and I, my friend Gerald and I, we were talking and he was like, man, like I find my mind drifting. I think, you know, I want to, I want to fill my mind with, with better things. And so he, he told me about how he went to this passage and he just wrote down each one of those things. And he would, he would try to think of something that that word described in his life each day. And so he just like literally made a list and he would just go, all right, I'm gonna think about something noble in my life, something right in my life, something that's pure. And he would just think about these things. And the apostle Paul says, hey, this is something that you should open the door to. These are the things that we should fill our minds with. And the way that we fill our minds, he's gonna give us two ways that you open that door and you invite those things in. Two ways that that we do that. The first one is right there when he says, think about. He says, one of the first ways that you open the door to that and you let these things fill your mind, one of the ways that you open the door to that and let it in, he says, is by thinking about. And that word in the Greek, uh, it means to uh, consider like intentionally or to meditate. He says, he's really saying you should meditate on these things. 
Now, I know for some of you, you hear the word meditate and all you think of are people that juice and do hot yoga. Um, but that's not, right? Like meditation is not just some new age thing. It's not just, um, it's not just some, uh, you know, hip whatever thing. Like, it, like meditation is actually all throughout scripture where we're called to think deeply about, um, to, to consider consistently. And, and, and so he says, we ought to think deeply, consider consistently, uh, the things of God. And that's all throughout scripture. We're encouraged to meditate. And so what Paul says is one of the ways you open the door to that, which is good. And that, which is godly is by practicing meditation. And I'm not talking like, Oh, you know what I mean? Like, but if you do that, it's cool. You do you, boo boo. But I'm like, like, that's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about in meditation, he's talking about you actually uh, taking in scripture and meditating on it, thinking about it, reading, uh, reading it, but not just reading it to check it off the list. Some of you, you wake up and you have like a devotion time. And so you read the Bible, but you read it just like to check it off. And you don't even think about what you just read. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like you want to open the door to the good stuff. You want to get that truth of God in. He's like, then you need to meditate on it. You, you think about it you read it, you process it. You go, what does that mean? What is God saying? What is he saying to them? What's he saying to me? What is the truth there? Just meditate on God's word. You meditate on the things which are good and lovely and pure in your life. You think about the good things that God's doing in your life, that he's doing around you. You think about the things that you're grateful for. So maybe some practical things that you could do with that, some ways that you could apply that this week for some of you. For some of you, you need to have, you need to start a morning devotion time. You don't have one. For some of you, you need to restart a morning devotion because summer got you like all jacked up because you were like, what day is it? Every day is Wednesday, right? Like, so you're like, like for some of you, like summer got your rhythms all jacked up and now we're going into August and that's a great time to reset. And so for some of you, you need to start a rhythm of a morning devotion time. For some of you, you need to get that rhythm back. And when I say a morning devotion, I like some of you, you like, you, you avoid it because you think that what I'm saying is that you need to get up like, you know, four hours early, go into your prayer closet and levitate or whatever. But like, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. When I say a morning devotion, I mean a time devoted to God before you get on social media, email, or start feeding the kids, right? So I'm just talking about what if, what if God got the first 15 minutes of your day where you got into scripture, you reflected on what you just read, you prayed, and then you went to Carpe the Diem, right? Like, like, like what, if, what if that was it? That might be the way that you begin to meditate and open the door to some really good and godly things in your life would be for you to start a morning devotion. For some of you, if you would just commit, I am not gonna look at social media until I get into scripture, that could literally change the rest of this year for you. By changing some of your inputs, it would immediately change your outputs. If you just did that. So a morning devotion time could be a great, a great way to begin to apply this text. Maybe another way for you to meditate, another way to apply this. Maybe it's not just a morning devotion. Maybe, maybe you get a prayer journal and you begin to write out your prayers because there's something about writing it out that helps you to process it more deeply. And then you begin to actually meditate on it. And you're not just giving your like, like Christmas list of prayers, but you're actually processing out and you're thinking more deeply about what it is that you're asking God to get involved with. 
And so as you invite God in, you're just writing it out. So maybe for some of you, it's, it's a prayer journal. Maybe for some of you, it's beginning to keep a gratitude list so that you're thinking about that which is excellent and praiseworthy that's in your life right now instead of always focusing on the negative or what you're critical of. And so maybe you just create a, a gratitude list. This is something that um, I've begun, begun to apply in my own like morning devotion time. And it came out of uh, something that we started doing with our kids. My wife and I at night, um, we were trying to get the whole like nighttime routine. And I was feeling like a failure as a pastor and as a Christian, because I would be like, do you guys want to pray? And my kids would be like, no. And I was like, okay. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, well, my kids aren't going to heaven. So teasing, I don't decide that. So, but I was feeling like a failure and I was like trying to figure out like, what's a healthy rhythm? What's something that I can do to help my kids like fill their mind with what's true and what's lovely and what's good and what's right. And how do I, how do I help them to guard their hearts and how do I help them fill their minds? And so how do I help them meditate and open that door? And, and so what we started to do is at night, and to, just to begin our time together, what we started doing is we would ask our kids, hey, what are three things you're grateful for today? Three things that you're thankful for today. And then those would turn into our prayers. And so we'd go, now what would it look like, kiddos, for you to thank God for those things? And so now they had something to pray about. And, and it's begun to change them. And, and it's opening the door of like that gratitude, that practice of expressing gratitude is opening the door for them to be filling their minds with the stuff that Paul is talking about right here, what's good and what's godly. And now, because I've seen it in them, it's something that I'm beginning to put into practice. And so in the morning, when I get up and have my morning devotion, uh, I, I read some scripture. Uh, I think about what I just read. I actually text a few friends. What I do is I text a few of my friends what I just read and one takeaway that I have. And I text them and I do that really as a form of accountability to help me to process. So I don't just read it and check it off the box. And so I I read, I send the text message and then I do what I've been asking my kids to do. And I tell God three things I'm thankful for in my life. And that begins to shape my prayer time. And that's how I begin talking to God in the morning. And it's helping me as I meditate on scripture and as I meditate on things that are praiseworthy and excellent and the things that I have to be grateful for in my life, I am changing my inputs. And you guys, it is changing my outputs. And so for some of you, maybe it's a gratitude list. I don't know what it is for you. A morning devotion, some more time in scripture, some, some time writing your prayers, some time expressing gratitude. But there are some things that we can do in order to meditate on, to think more deeply about that which is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. And the apostle Paul says, those are the things you open the door to. And one of the ways you open the door is meditation, thinking deeply about it, actually putting some thought to it. Now he's gonna close out this little section and uh, he's gonna give us another way that you can open the door. Another way you open the door to these kinds of things which are good and godly and, and you fill your mind uh, with the right things. And so he's gonna finish that little section and he says, <clears throat> he says, and whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, he says, put it into practice. He says, put it into practice. 
And then the God of peace will be with you. And so one of the ways we open the door to the good and the godly, one of the ways that we open the door and let the light in, right? Like is, is through meditation. But another way that you open the door to those good things to fill your mind uh, is through not just meditation, but it's participation. He says, hey, whatever you learned from me, whatever you saw me do, the way that you saw me live my faith, he says, do the same thing. And I promise you, it's gonna protect your peace. He says, because as you participate in the life of Christ, you begin to claim the mind of Christ. As you participate in the life of Christ, you begin to take on the mind of Christ. Because some things you gotta you gotta actually do in order to understand. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like for me, this it was this way when I was learning. There's a new game called Spike Ball, like back in the day. And it's not a new game anymore, but when it was new, uh, nobody had really played it. A couple of my friends got it. And it's this like little trampoline net with like a ball and they're like playing. And, uh, and they were trying to explain to me the rules. And they're like, you know, you gotta do this and this. And if it hits over here, and I was like, let's just play. Let me, can I just play it? And then I think if I play it, I could get it, right? I think if we just played it, I could get it. Or it was the same way when, when there was a game in college, a board game that a bunch of my friends got into. It was Settlers of Catan, right? Some of you have lost friendships. You almost ended a marriage over that game. You know what I mean? Like Settlers of Catan, it was this board game, right? Like, and, and this board game, everybody got into it when I was in college. And, uh, and the first time I played it, everybody was trying to explain to me all the rules and tell me all the things. And as while they were trying to tell me about it, I was like, can we just play it? because I think if I play it, like as we start to play, then I'll understand some things that you got to participate in, in order to like actually ingest and internalize and understand them. Right. The apostle Paul says, Hey, sometimes one of the best ways to begin to understand the mind of God is to participate in the things of God. And as you participate in the things of God, you open the door to the mind of God. And you begin to learn what he thinks and how he thinks. And so he says, all right, so you open the door through meditation. You think deeply about scripture. You think deeply about the good things and the things that you're grateful for in your life. And then also you open the door to those good things by participating in the things of God. And so he's like, so we, so you get to church and you get planted in community. You join a small group, you serve you practice generosity. You share your faith with people. You invite, you invest. You lean into people's lives. You love others the way that God in Christ has loved you. And as you put that stuff into practice and you participate in the life of Christ, then you begin to take on the mind of Christ and you open that door to let the good stuff in. This is what the apostle Paul says. So if we're gonna take the teaching of what Solomon said seriously as something that is crucial and important. He says, we need to guard our hearts. And the way that we guard our hearts is one, we keep stuff out that ought not be there. And we do that with discipline and we do that with boundaries and we do that with shutting some doors in our life, but it's not enough. A good guard doesn't just keep things out. They also let good things in. And so we let in the good things, that which is good and that which, that which is godly. We let that, that stuff in. And the way that we do that is through meditation and through participation. And the reason why we do this and the reason why this is so important back to our proverb to close us out and I'll be done. 
the reason why we take this so seriously and the reason why we, we are so diligent about the doors, closing the right doors and opening the right doors and keeping the right stuff out and letting the right stuff in, the reason why we're so diligent about that and the reason why this is such a big deal is because of this. Because everything you do flows from it. The reason why we take seriously what goes into our minds and what gets into our hearts is because everything we do flows from it. What you put in always eventually comes out. What you put in always eventually comes out. Like my mom used to say, garbage in, garbage out. But Thanks be to God in Christ because Jesus has set us free from the power of sin and death. We don't have to be a slave to garbage getting into our minds. We have now been given the ability to guard our hearts and our minds in Christ. We have that power. You can be the gatekeeper of what gets in and what you keep out. God's job is to transform our hearts. Ours is to guard it. And so... We guard our hearts and we're diligent. We're diligent about what we keep out. We're diligent about what we let in and we fill our minds with that which is good and that which is godly. And as we do this, you guys, we create a healthy mindset and we create the grounds that are fertile for a renewed mind and a transformed life. The, most of the battles that you will face are won and lost in the mind. They're won and lost in the mind. And so that's why for a lot of us, we need a mind shift. We need to renew our minds by thinking about what we think about and we need to uh, learn what God thinks and we need to get those aligned and we need to submit and get in line with what God thinks. We need to not follow and chase every thought that pops up, but instead we need to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And we need to become good gatekeepers, good guards, good door protectors of what comes in and what we let in to our minds. And if we do this, if we'll do our part, then the Holy Spirit will definitely do his part and he will transform our lives. Life change is possible, but life change absolutely begins with a mind shift. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you care about what we're doing, where we're going, and ultimately you really care about who we're becoming and uh, because you care so much about who we're becoming, you know uh, that, that so much of that uh, starts right here in our minds. And so by the power of your Holy Spirit, you've given us the ability to renew our minds so that we can be transformed. You've given us the tools that we need to take captive every thought. And you've shown us the way and you've given us the ability uh, to be good guards and good gatekeepers of what comes in uh, so, because we know that that's gonna affect what goes out. And so I just pray this week you would help us. Um, for those of us that have some wide open doors that we've been letting in the wrong things, that it's actually wreaking havoc in our mind and it was us that let it in, I pray that you would help us show us the doors that we need to shut. And then give us the courage, the discipline, the confidence to do just that, to shut some doors in our lives. And then uh, also I pray this week that you would help us to open up and fill our minds with the right things, that which is good and godly, that which is true, 
Pray that you would help us to find ways to meditate on your word, to meditate on the things that we have to be grateful for. I pray that you would help us this week uh, to participate in, in the life of Christ, that we might experience the mind of Christ. Help us to be good gatekeepers this week. We love you. We trust you immensely. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.